Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of BossCast Podcast, the official podcast for St. Pete Girl Boss. This is my favorite little space of the internet where I get to chat with all of our super amazing CEO up-level members in St. Pete Girl Boss. And today I'm very excited to have Sarah Webb with me. She is a certified meditation coach and master teacher specializing in high-functioning anxiety. She empowers CXOs with closet anxiety to take back control of their lives by teaching them to relax so they can have more energy and focus on what's important. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm so excited to chat with you. This is going to be wonderful. Um, so my first question, favorite question is always like, how did your business, how did Sarah Webb says, and you're just this life of yours in the entrepreneur space, how did that come to be? Tell me a little bit about it. I've been a teacher my whole life and I was working at Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor when COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And I started really asking myself, what does the world really need? So I started my own business. It was under a, a former name. My name changed last year. So officially my LLC started a couple years ago, but I have been a speaker, educator, and meditation teacher for a long time. It's just I'm charging people differently now. <laughs> My mission is to get the world to meditate. And I know that's mm. a really huge goal. So instead I've set an even more impossible goal with a very specific number. I want to teach 28 million people to meditate. I love personally that. through my services. Deepak Chopra said that if we can teach every eight-year-old in the world to meditate, we would achieve world peace in one generation. And when I heard that years ago, it hit me hard. And I said, I want to be a part of that. And I'm not really into teaching eight-year-olds. I mean, I do have a seven-year-old and I love teaching her things, but teaching an eight-year-old to meditate sounds pretty daunting. Instead, I focus on the leaders because that's where the change happens. Those are the change makers. That's so. so amazing. I think I love a gigantic goal. So that's like the best thing I've heard all day is 28 million people. I think that's so beautiful. And the fact that you want to get the world to meditate, I just, I love the sentiment of that. And I think it's so beautiful. Um, and I'll mention this just because we, you just spoke at coffee this morning because it's Friday today. Um, there was so many people I could see in the audience because um, for those of you who were there, uh, Sarah did a sponsorship this morning and she led us through even just, what was it? A 30 to 40 second meditation. It was just snap of the fingers, but you could just feel the energy in the room, like come from up here to like ground level. And it was like, everyone was ready for the day and you did that. And it was so cool to see in like 30 seconds body awareness and breath awareness are something that most people lack, but oxygen is our most essential nutrient. I mean, we can survive for weeks without food, a few days without water, but only a few minutes without our breath. Mm -hmm. 
And our breath is so powerful. And then just being aware of where we are in space is a really powerful action to take. And that connects us in the moment. So often we live in the future and the past. Most people are, they've got anxiety or depression. Right? Mm-hmm. Anxiety is looking toward the future and expecting t- terrible results. Depression is looking at the past and being sad about what happened. But if we can cultivate that present moment awareness, then we've got the possibility to make some magic in the moment and to create that magic within ourselves, which that ripples out into our lives, into the mm-hmm. people that we serve. A hundred percent. I was going to say too, one of my favorite things about listening, not only listening to you speak, but like experiencing even the meditation that you brought us through during our masterclass Um is like how you kind of mesh the physical and the emotional with like the sciencey side. Like I notice a lot of times when you're speaking, it's like so much data, but it's also so much emotion. And I just really love the crossover between the two. So I just think that that's like something that makes your speaking engagements so magical. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but I was thinking about it today after you spoke and I was like, this is why I love it. Cause it, you intersect the science and the emotion. I love it. Well, that's what's really important to me. I'm one of those people who I will absolutely adhere to the standards that I set for myself. But if someone else tells me that this product is going to make you smarter or this one's going to make you look better in front of your colleagues or something like that, I want the data. I want the empirical evidence. I want the scientific studies because somebody can claim anything that they want. They can say, I'm the best dad in the world. There's mugs all over, right? But where's the data? Right, right. <laughs> and that's that's what convinces me. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds, hundreds of studies that prove over and over and over again that meditation improves our lives in marked ways. It gets rid of the bad stuff and invites in the good stuff. And I could bore you with a lot of statistics. Google's got it. Chat GPT can summarize it and you can feel it mm-hmm. and you don't have to go anywhere. And it's free. I mean, meditation is free. I hired a meditation coach nearly eight years ago, but once you make that investment, like I'm not paying anymore. I meditated before we hopped on here because I know that instead of that downward spiral, which we can all get on that train, Mm -hmm. right? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? She's going to say this, and then this is going to happen or assuming it's like that, that horrible practice of assuming that we know what somebody's thinking, or we know how we're being perceived, Mm -hmm. which with high functioning anxiety that can really happen. Instead of that downward spiral, if we can learn to spin within, that's how we create a life of internal luxury Mm. because everything is neutral. I love that. Our observation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once we observe it, then we decide how we're going to feel about it. Everything is neutral. And so, yes, I'm a meditation coach. I'm also a mindset coach. I'm also a relationship coach because it's about the relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. People who work with me, they end up having better relationships with their spouses, with their partners, with their moms, because they're cultivating a better relationship with themselves. 
Right. It just kind of bleeds out from there in the best way possible. I absolutely love that. And you mentioned something that piqued my interest too, that you hired your own meditation coach eight Mm -hmm. years ago. So I'm curious when your meditation journey started then, did you, have you been meditating? Like, did you get, were you taught meditation when you were younger or did you pick it up at a certain point in life and kind of discovered it as your calling or how did that go? I started meditating in Shavasana like 25 years ago when I first started practicing yoga. And I asked my yoga teacher in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because something happened during Shavasana meditation one time. And I said, what was that? I saw this thing and it was purple light. And and so she directed me to some books and I started meditating, but I wasn't a regular practitioner. I would like kind of do this Deepak Chopra course. And maybe I would go to some meditation classes at a yoga studio or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was eight years ago that I actually hired a meditation coach, learned day after day, spending hours. And a lot of that education was really a stripping away of what's in the culture. Mm-hmm. because we think that we need to sit in lotus posture. We think we have to get rid of the thoughts. We think something profound is supposed to happen. A dove is going to come out of the sky because of all these stories we've heard. They're in the news, in the media. And we see this image of this serene face and, and exercise and meditation are kind of similar in that way. You don't have to enjoy your run. You don't have to enjoy pumping iron, but the way that you feel afterwards is worth it. And it's kind of like that with meditation. It's, you're not supposed to feel a certain way. In fact, it doesn't even matter if you thought it was good or not. The key is you allowed your nervous system to calm down, which most humans don't know how to do. And when we stay in that sympathetic state, because there's two divisions of the autonomic automatic nervous system, the sympathetic Mm -hmm and the parasympathetic. And when we stay in that sympathetic state in fight or flight, when we're in that sympathetic state, we are absolutely not going to go to sleep because we're vigilant and our body is not digesting food. So if we don't know how to activate the parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest, we're going to end up with GI problems and insomnia because our body doesn't know how to turn off. And then we're going to end up with autoimmune diseases because our immunity is compromised when we're in a constant fight or flight. When we learn to meditate regularly, all the studies have to do with regular meditation. Mm-hmm. Community goes up, well-being goes up, heart rate goes down, blood pressure goes down, depression goes down. It's the science. It's out there. So, right. Yeah. That's I'm the super kind of passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's the kind of spiral we want is like right. the the it better spiral. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And that's such a cool, I love that story of your journey because it, it kind of shows how you grew into it too. Like it, you know, it came up as something you were curious about and it just moved into this thing that like, now you want to teach 28 million people. Like I just, I love that, that story of your journey. I think it's so beautiful. So I am really curious as well, because we talked a little bit before, um, before this episode about that moment for you, like that moment in whether it's your business or your life in general, where 
um, it was just really impactful for you. Like it really hit home. It really hit your heart. So I kind of want to tell the audience a little bit about that impactful moment for you. Cause I know we spoke a little bit about like collaboration with another girl boss and stuff like that, but I definitely want you to tell us a little bit about that moment for you, how, how it felt and kind of where it's brought you now. Yeah, absolutely. I've been certified as a coach for a while and it was hard for me to call myself a coach. I felt a little strange calling myself a coach and I didn't really know where the mental block was coming from, but I had a collaboration with a girl boss. I was not a girl boss at the time, but we were friends and colleagues and we did a new moon circle ceremony several years back. And she asked me to lead because I was a yoga teacher, certified yoga teacher and all that. And she said, would you lead a meditation? And I I was a little like, oh, okay, sure. And I didn't know what I was going to say because she had asked me on the spot, like right before we started the ceremony and she was leading a lot of it. And then I don't even know what came out of my mouth. I, I just said a prayer. I was like, hey, tell me what to say, or give me the images in my head. I say a similar prayer before I start any of these ventures like I did today. And I channeled it. And that moment afterwards, people came up to me and they were hugging me and they were like, you said the perfect thing. You must be such an in-demand meditation coach. And when, when they said that meditation coach, I'm like, yes, I am not just a life coach or a mindset coach is kind of what I was going with at the time, mm -hmm. a meditation coach. I fully was able to embody that and step into that. That felt really authentic for me. And, and I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I was always picked last. I'm, I ran cross country. I've, I've always worked out, but I'm not super coordinated. Like if you throw a ball at me, I'm going to duck. And, <laughs> and so I don't know if I had this block around coaches but for whatever reason, when you put that adjective or that noun, a meditation coach, right in front of that, that just felt really delicious. And I'm like, yep, I have arrived. This that's is me. my thing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And I, it's such an important message too, that like you can start somewhere and then realize that like, oh no, this is better. Like I fit better mm -hmm. here. Like maybe mm -hmm. my, my puzzle piece kind of fit, but now it's like, it's exactly where it's supposed to be. And I just, those are some of my favorite stories is where, because it's, it's not so much that, you know, a mindset coach is wrong or wrong for you, right. but you just found the thing you, you edit it a little bit and you're like, this, this is it. This is where I fit. So I just, I love that. I think that's so cool. And it must've felt so good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I toyed years ago with like performance coach, mm -hmm. but the reality is meditation improves our performance in every way. It creates that space, that space so that we can begin to examine our thoughts. It's called metacognition, just like Facebook and Instagram, like meta <laughs> means something that refers to itself and metacognition is referring to the thinking about our thinking. Mm -hmm. Meta skills are skills for your skills. So that metacognition is when you're able to notice, wow, I'm saying really disempowering things to myself in my mm -hmm. head, 
or my goodness, every single time my mother-in-law shows up on my phone, I have a thought that I wish I could replace with something that is kinder. It works in our relationships too, because when we have that thing that always happens and we get triggered or activated is another word I like to use with my clients instead of triggered because triggered kind of has a connotation. Mm -hmm. It gives us that space where we can recognize, okay, what's happening with my breathing? Mm -hmm. What's happening with my body? I have a choice right now. And maybe that choice is, excuse me, I need to take a moment before we respond. Mm -hmm. I used to give a speech years ago about responding instead of reacting because reacting is what we're accustomed to doing and responding is a choice and that's what the meditation does in our lives is it creates that space in so many ways I love that so much and a a question came to my mind I don't want to forget it so I'm gonna ask it really quick but absolutely um so you talked a little bit about like I guess meditating for instance you work with a lot of people who who can suffer from high functioning anxiety, for instance. So I'm curious, like, since you've been doing this for so long, do you have, like, do you practice meditation only when you are feeling out of alignment or do you practice, um, meditation even when you're feeling good? Cause I feel like sometimes in your brain, you can think about meditation as just a tool to calm down, for instance, or a tool to like quiet your brain. But I feel like it could also be beneficial literally at any point of the day, no matter what mood you're in. So I'm curious, like what you would recommend for creating that, like that, uh, ritual, as you were talking about, like creating a regular schedule for meditation. What do you, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, that's precisely what I do. I teach people how to integrate meditation into their lives, specifically meditating twice a day. All of the studies, all of the scientific studies are about regular meditation. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't go to the gym for 24 hours once a year and be healthy. You can't eat healthy for once a week, a year and be healthy. Like Mm -hmm. you, it has to be a regular practice. And there's a lot of blocks around that whole practice thing. Mm -hmm. People think it's a meditation performance. They think it's meditation perfection. Like I said, they think something's supposed to be happening in their lives but it's, or or actually in the meditation, it's what happens in their lives, not what happens in the actual meditation. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I teach my clients how to bring this into their lives on a daily basis so that they can naturally utilize it in their waking hours. Mm -hmm. Like we have meditative states that happen throughout the day naturally, but our eyes are open. Mm -hmm. For example, when you're doing anything repetitive, like driving, as long as you're not texting while you're driving, um, washing the dishes, showering, maybe like doing something like sanding a boat, whittling, anything that gets into that subconscious, we'll get into a meditative type state, but our Mm -hmm. eyes are open. And that's why a lot of people will attest to like having a great idea in the shower and you really need to get out and write something down. It's because you're in the subconscious area of the brain. Mm. But when you close your eyes, it's thousand times more powerful because you can really tap into that interoception, interceptive abilities that you have. 
and you can use it quite intentionally and call up a specific circumstance and rewrite it. You can use affirmations, declarations, prayers, whatever you want to call them and rewrite your subconscious mind. So instead of saying that really shitty thing in your head that happens every time you see that person show up on your phone screen, or every time somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're getting that anger, that cortisol, the adrenaline rushing through your blood, which we know kills. I mean, it causes heart disease. It causes high blood pressure. You know, anger is a major symptom of anxiety Mm -hmm. and it just cultivates more anxiety in our bodies. So we can rewrite the way that we actually think. And our thoughts are the start of our personality because thoughts become the things that we say and do. Mm-hmm. And the things that we say and do repeatedly are called habits and our habits make up our personality and it all begins with the thoughts. So we can utilize meditation in really um, strategic ways to get into our subconscious. Right. I love the example that you gave about like having a good idea in the shower that happened to me probably last week. And I was like, why don't I have a whiteboard in here? Cause I feel like <laughs> I have so many good ideas in the shower, but that's so true that, you know, it, during that moment when like you're driving for instance, and you're like, Oh, I'm already home. you like realize how meditative it was or like, um, I don't know, just like you said, doing something repetitive, for instance, like I definitely do that while I'm cooking. I feel now that you mentioned it, I feel like that is kind of a meditative state that I get into when I'm cooking. And I, I don't, I used to like have the TV on while I was cooking and like things like that, but it's the silence is really nice or like the little bit of music. So I think that's really cool that you can just find that one, find that that you're already doing that in some ways and also find little spaces like that. Because I feel like a lot of times when you mention like meditation or yoga or things like that, it feels like it has to be this long thing. And so people shy away from it because they're like, I don't have a whole hour to like sit still. So that turns into a question for you, which is if someone were to be like on the fence about meditation And they're like, I don't have the time for it. I don't have the space for it. Like, I want to feel the feelings you're talking about, but I don't have time. What would you tell them? Or what would your kind of advice be to still bring in meditation to their life? Okay, I'm writing things down because I have so much to say about your little soliloquy there. I'll address the don't have time in just Mm -hmm. a moment. To your first comment about meditative states throughout the day, mm-hmm. yes, those are meditative, but they are not meditation. Right. And so if you're finding value in those meditative states, think of how much value you could get out of meditation on your sitting still. You don't have to sit still. You don't have to sit perfectly still. There are some meditative traditions where they tell you to not move a muscle two of them are the two that I know of and and I've tried them and sometimes I go down that route but it's really not necessary especially for a beginner it's just about making the habit and then as far as I don't have time I have a marketing piece 
with the top four most common hurdles or myths around meditation. People say they don't have time. We all have 1,440 minutes every single day. And so it's about priority. If mm. it's not important to you, if the scientific studies, the evidence, the way that you see it benefiting people's lives, if it's not important to you, don't make the time. But once something happens, injury, accident, tragedy, relationship problems, health problems, <laughs> there's a moment there where you can choose to spin within in order to improve yourself. And then if those things do happen and you already are a meditator, you've got the tools to cope with it. Because there are so many maladaptive coping mechanisms out there. I know I used to hang on to a bunch of them. And meditation is one of those coping mechanisms that has nothing but positive benefits. You, there's, there's almost nothing that you can say. Yeah, you have a little bit less time in your day, but your body and brain and life benefit because you're able to slow down your nervous system, your heart benefits. I mean, literally, if you have too much stress, your body will start eating away at your heart. Heart disease is the number one killer in women. Breast cancer too. And our thymus, you know, we talk about the chakras, oh, very woo-woo. Every single one of our chakras are connected to a portion of the endocrine system. That's your hormones. That's your emotional regulation. Every single one. And your thymus is crucial. Thyroid here, they're all connected to something that is actually shooting out chemicals into your brain, telling you how you're feeling. So when we give our bodies the option to just slow down, that's when repair happens. And for people who are very high functioning, high functioning anxiety, everybody knows what a high functioning alcoholic is. Everybody knows what a high functioning autistic person is, right? When we have high functioning anxiety, usually we can't self-identify and say, mm. I have high functioning anxiety because we just think it's stress and we think it's normal and it's not normal to feel this way. It's not normal to go and not be able to slow down. And I've used meditation in order to teach myself how to slow down. I still, I have to watch to not overbook myself because I need the downtime. And we all do, right? Even God rested on the seventh day. Come on, that's a pretty good example. We we need the downtime, we need the rest. But um, yeah, let me make sure I, I hit all my points. Yeah, mm -hmm. so if, if people say they don't have time, the way I start with my clients, we start for three minutes twice a day. That way they make the habit mm -hmm. and we just slowly increase a few minutes. Every time we meet, I increase the time and I give them a new tool. So my four month program actually gives them a lot of different tools that they can try it. And then if they really liked a different one, then they can go back to the one that they really enjoyed. Cause most people think of guided meditation, I mm -hmm. think, or mindfulness. When they think of meditation, there's like the top two that people think of is mm -hmm. having to have something in your ears and your phone. And I think Dr. Joe Dispenza has done a great job of that. I went to one of his retreats a while back and, but, but you have to have your phone and you have to download these things and like the tools that I 
teach are equipping people. I call them pocket-sized tools. And you really, you don't even need a pocket. Like it's equipping people to be able to deal with the stresses of everyday life. You can be in Costa Rica in a swimsuit in the middle of a waterfall and something scary can happen and you can utilize these tools, even if you don't have your phone on you at the exact moment. That is so amazing. And that actually rolls right into, I want you to like, talk about yourself. Like, I want you to tell us like how people can work with you, like the program you just mentioned and things like that, because I don't know about everybody else, but like the, when you describe the myths and break down the myths of meditation, just like it clicks for me and clearly like you are the meditation coach for me. I'll say that off the bat. But um, like, I just feel like it makes so much sense the way that you explain and break down the myths of meditation, because I've heard all those things like, you know, you have to be sitting still, you can't have any thoughts, like you have to be silent or have like um, wordless music or whatever. And I think that it really is going back to what you said about the culture, like it's so it just exploded at one point with like yoga and meditation. I feel like really exploded at similar points. And I think that people get so overrun with just like what everyone else is saying. They don't even take a moment to think about like, okay, is this accurate or not? First of all. And second of all, is it accurate for me or not? Because it can look, I'm sure it can look different for different people. So um, all of that to say, I want you to share, please, how people can find you, how they can work with you, um, email, social media, anything like that. The floor is yours. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. You can email me success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S at sarahwebsays.com. That's my social handle on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I have a Facebook page, but you can just friend me on Facebook if you like and follow me there. I put out a lot of information, reels, tips, things like that. I've guest on a lot of podcasts too. Thank you so much for having me. And as far as my program, it's a four month bespoke coaching program. I'm only taking a handful more clients one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to be turning it into a group program because I just don't have enough time in my schedule. I'm mm -hmm. hiring people left and right because I am in such demand and I'm getting referred by everyone and their grandmother who says, oh my gosh, you've got to, you've got to go through Sarah's program. And right now it's custom tailored to whatever that person needs. So for example, if somebody is really active in whatever way, either for their job, or maybe they're a gym rat, then we can include some yoga, something that maybe they really need it custom tailored because they have injuries. If somebody has had a huge aversion to a certain kind of meditation, or like I said, if they're having problems in their relationships, or whatever it is, I custom tailor it to the person. But I've got an arsenal of information now and data that I've been collecting myself. And so I, I really know my ideal client and they're leaders, they're overachievers and they suffer from anxiety and nobody knows. And maybe even they don't know because they've got this thing between their ears that says really disempowering things. And they want to change that. They want to have a new perspective on life. So yes, we're going to learn some meditation but it's a lot of mindset. Everything is neutral. 
until mm-hmm. we observe it. And we know that from quantum physics, literally the inside, the nucleus of an atom doesn't know where it's going to be until we look at it. And that's how life is. We can get on a train and be like, oh my gosh, everyone smells. This is so annoying. I can't believe, you know, you can be sitting in the same waiting room and waiting for an appointment and just have a different perspective. And that's what meditation teaches us. So my program, you can find me on my website, sarahwebsays.com, learn a lot more about my program and my ideal client. And I can do a one-on-one clarity call with you. I also have a one-on-one breakthrough session, time-bending tactics. And if you're a girl boss, you can get it for free (laughs) because that's basically, I used that template, a shorter version of it when we did the masterclass earlier. So yeah, um, if you're interested in having a one-on-one session with time-bending tactics, I would love to talk to you and get in soon because like I said, the app is coming out. I have a, a branded app that's coming out and that's where the community and the group program is going to sit. So there's just a few spots left to be able to get a one-on-one with me. I'm so excited for you. All of that is so amazing. And like, it was such an honor to have you for that masterclass because like peeking into it, I was like, the world needs this. Your 28 million people need this. So I'm very (laughs) excited for you. And as always, everything that Sarah mentioned, I will pop into the show notes for everybody. Um, and for us, you guys can always find us at St. Pete Girl Boss on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And Sarah, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It was so lovely. Thank you. I had a blast. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys next time. Bye.